Hi, welcome to Love Faith Talkers. We are here to talk about the topics that matter to real life Christians just like you. Topics like anxiety, fitness, loneliness in church, Christians in the workplace, depression, and even food. We interview psychologists, preachers, businessmen, and businesswomen, and people just like you. We're here to help you find the hope, inspiration, and courage you need to live your life the way God intends. As an empowered, thriving Christian. Thank you for joining us once again on Love Faith Tacos, and we really appreciate your patience as we've been trying to work out this new schedule of recording. And as we promised you, we do have an interview today, and it is a very, very special guest. Now... I'm just going to warn you up front that you'll never be able to tell this from her accent, but she's not from around here. You'll never uh, notice the accent one bit, but uh, yeah, babe, who's well, the special gonna, guest? Yeah, I was going to say, it's my mom. Yay. Yes. That, it, it is. And she's French. Yes. Just in case nobody knows. Jose, oh. <laughs> I think that was kind of weird. But. Yeah, well, it happens, but anyway. Uh, yeah, so she's, she's French, and actually, we're going to be having two interviews with her, and today what you're going to be hearing about is her immigration and her integration into American society uh, story. And then next time you tune in, you will get to hear a different part of the interview, and we'll kind of talk about that at the end. So uh, let's get right into this. Um, first of all, I'm going to call you Mama, because <laughs> that's what you prefer. What does that mean, though? Can you explain for people who don't know French? What Mama means? Yeah, they may not know. It's a transliteration. It sounds uh. like Mama. <laughs> <laughs> So everyone uh, just learned a French word though. Mama. That's super cool. <laughs> yes, there's an N on there, but yeah, you, know, you don't say it. And just you know, have a sinus infection and say mama, and you about got it. <laughs> you don't need a sinus infection. No, it. you don't. No, you don't. But anyway, all right. So, um, Mama, tell us about um, where you were born originally. Hmm. Um, I was born in Morocco. And by the way, I'm American from San Diego. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, now I was born in Morocco. My parents um, um, went from France to Morocco. My dad was working for Electricité de France, um, which um, since Morocco was a um a country where you have a lot of french people and then they stayed there for about 10 years my brother and i were born there and then when i was three i went back to france and actually it was interesting because we left during the the war with the berbers and they were kicking out french and all the people out and so um, we were uh, a bunch of French people living, and we were fired upon with by the Berbers. Um, so it was interesting. Oh wow! It's like the bullets flying over uh, your yeah, head. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then um, we crossed um, Spain, um, and then uh, of course I was not listening. I was three years old, and uh, already I was not listening to my mom. I got it from someone <laughs> because mm, uh, I was not. We weren't supposed to drink certain water that was not mm. a good drinking water. And what did I do? I drank the water. Oh no! So I ended up uh, in a hospital. Almost died, and uh, I lost my memory. 
Hmm. Um, and well, that explains when, uh, a few things. Yeah, <laughs> that that too. Yeah, and then and then uh, when my parents picked me up, picked me up from the hospital, I recognized a a little donkey, Moroccan donkey that was hanging um, um, by the rear mirror of uh, my dad's car, and that's when I recognized my parents. So that was that was interesting. So a donkey reminded you of who your parents are. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's kind of, Is, kind of, is that because you were stubborn or they were stubborn? <laughs> right? <laughs> no, it was, it was kind of weird. It was a, a little donkey and a mocassin, if anybody knows what that is. It's a little shoe, a Moroccan shoe with hmm. with sparkles. You would, you would have liked that. Sparkles on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, so we ended up in France, um, and then uh, we stayed um, about 10 years in France, and then my dad wanted to go back overseas. So I don't know if you want me to... Well, yeah, so that, that. that's interesting. So we're talking you're a, a teenager then, about at that point, young teenager. Mm-hmm. So you went back to Morocco? No. I went to Black Africa. I went to Mali, uh, which is above Ivory Coast, um, uh, West Africa, the Sahara Desert, Tombuktu. <laughs> I've seen Tombuktu and I didn't die. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and what what did your dad do there? Uh, same thing. He was working for um, Electricity France, encore. Um, can you say that again? Ele- I just like hearing that. Electricity de France. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the French electricity. Yeah, ele- French electricity, in? yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, he was... Um, that wasn't too hard, but... No, no. Yeah. Well, you can see it. Try to see it. No. Say it. Say it. Don't look at me. I'm not the French. I, I don't have any French going on over here except you, Okay, babe. so back to you. Um, and then, uh, yeah, my dad was working uh, with... Um, uh, they had a, a dam there, and he was um, educating, I guess, the Malian on how to um, uh, to work with it, to work with turbines and all that stuff. So I stayed there for ten, seven years. Okay, wow. So, all right, let's talk then about uh, how you came then to transition from that to coming to America uh, since we're getting into your young young uh, adult years, so tell us about what the defining events were that led to your transitioning to America. Okay, so I went to school, then I started working. My brother came, uh, started his own business in Mali. I started working for him uh, as a secretary, and then I became a. I, I worked for UTA. It was a um, airline company and um, since uh, Bamako was international it is its capital uh, we had a lot of um, a lot of people I mean American Russian Chinese and so we were with the uh, uh, French embassy we were going everywhere we we just party well, it was party time really <laughs> oh. um, <laughs> So I met a lot of Americans, and that's, uh, to make a long story short, we, well, no, my mom had a French restaurant, and we had a lot of Americans coming to the restaurant. So um, uh, that's where I met um, your dad, my um, 
My future husband. Just to clarify, that's Nikki's dad. Nikki's dad. Yeah. So Not mine. Yeah, Nikki's dad. Uh, he was a um, Marine security guard at the embassy. Yeah, uh, just to, to clean that up for y'all, and it's she, we're, we're, she's used to us teasing her about her uh, her accent. That's a Marine, Marine security guard. He was an embassy Marine. Yeah. So if you know anything about embassy Marines, you do not want to mess with those guys. <laughs> so you, you you met him. How did that go down? Um, we we dated, and we decided to. Uh, uh, he wanted me to follow him. So, um, next post for him was Canada. And we couldn't get married because you're not supposed to get married as a, a security guard. So, I went to France while he was going to uh, back to America. And I, uh, I did my visa. I did my, my uh, to enter America. And I went mm. to Boston. My first step on American soil and then we went to Canada his next post mm. and then um, after I don't remember two years maybe I don't remember when um, but um, after the post in Canada we decided to get married there so we got married at the American Embassy and then we came down to California yay California <laughs> Uh, we ended up in 20 um, stumps at 29 palms. Sorry. <laughs> Wait, is this a common nickname? Do people call it 29 stumps instead of 29, 29 palms? stumps, yes, it is. I don't think I've heard that one. High desert and uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, it doesn't surprise me. My dad said when he was in Philadelphia that all the guys used to call it Filthy Delphia. I have no idea if that's true or not. That's just what he said. If y'all are angry about it, you can write him a, a letter and I'm sure he'll answer it from heaven. Uh yeah. So 29 Palms. All right. So basically he had to switch jobs before you could get married. And what you're you're quite the international person. So Morocco, uh, France, Mali, Canada, and then America. Well, and then and it's not finished. Yeah, it's not finished. Oh, it's still either. going. Okay. Still oh, that's going. right. Yeah, that's right. There's there's more international intrigue. Mm -hmm. Please proceed. Where where did you go next? All right. So from California, uh, my uh, first son was born, Dean Paul, <laughs> Dean Paul, <laughs> um, then we went to <laughs> North Carolina, um, based at Cherry Point, and, 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 and from there, um, we came back to California to take the plane to go to Japan, we got based in Okinawa for three years, and that's where Nikki was born. Yay! Best part of the story so far. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yep, I'm Japanese. Uh, Konnichiwa. Yeah, Konnichiwa. <laughs> you could have become uh, I know. Japanese. I know. I know. So from there, from Okinawa, I decided, uh, being in the military and everything, I decided to um, uh, become an American, and I started the, the paperwork. Um, Unfortunately, they lost the paperwork, so I had to redo the whole thing. And finally, I decided to wait to come back to America to to do it because it was taking too long. Uh, so we ended up um, in San Diego, and uh, and I've been in San Diego ever since. All right. So let me ask this: How complicated would you say the process was to 
become an American citizen and how long did it take? Um, actually, when everything went right, you didn't lose my paperwork, <laughs> it, went per, it went pretty fast. Uh, but I had, um, um, I had to, I had to learn the history. I, I had to learn the um, politics of America. Um, um, so I studied and then uh, I went downtown and signed some papers. I had, I was a little upset because I had to drop one of my name because they only wanted two names, not three. So what's your full name? Uh, so my previously. full name is Régine Paul Louise Lafont. And I had to drop Louise. Well, I had to drop one, so I chose to keep Paul. So why did you why did you choose to keep Paul instead of Louise? Oh, that's interesting. I don't know because I like Paul better than Louise. Okay. <laughs> Louise is a very old name. I, I don't like. Wait, so is that, is that like how you know no one is named Eugene or Myrtle anymore? Is that like kind of how it is? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Myrtle. It is. See, no one is named Myrtle, and, Myrtle and, if, Beach. and if they are named Myrtle or Ethel or something like oh, that, then, then 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 uh, you know, or, or or Eugene or something like that, they're probably in a nursing home at this point. No yeah, one calls true. them any that anything. Although you never know, names are cyclical. Everyone's gonna be called Louise next year. You watch. Watch. Yeah. Louisa. Louisa. Oh, yeah. on Encanto. Oh, Louisa. you're right, Louisa. It's Louisa. Al- it's already happening. I think it's spelled different, though. The return of Louisa. Different. Well, of course it is. Mm. Spanish. Spanish, right? As opposed French. to Francais. Mm. Uh. Well, my name Regine is even in France is not common. Uh, it means it means queen. It means yeah. hen. So um, that's right. Uh, she, what is, what she does your middle us. name mean? Do you know? Um, well, Paul, like the Apostle Paul, but with an e at the end, so I'm Paul. So. The- not Paul at Paul. The queen of Paul. The, the, queen, the queen of Paul. She didn't marry a Paul. Paul the queen? I don't Paul. know. Paulette? Queen Paulette. Paul. Putting Paulette. names together is not my forte. That's yours. Uh, yeah, I have. I should have researched this ahead of time, and you would think I know what Paul means, but off the top of my head, I can't pull it and up. it's with an E. It's with an E. Right, so it's not Paul. It's Paul. Paul. Yeah, Paul. Thus. Paul. <laughs> Something that we, you, Dad, and I never did it on purpose, but you, brother, we we named him Dean Paul, and it's your Dad's middle name and my middle name. We didn't do it on purpose. It wasn't we just, planned. You know, it wasn't planned. But you know what was planned? You should talk about what you were going to name him. Yes, That's I know. Funny. I was going to say. Oh, have I told you this? I was about to say, I don't think I know <laughs> okay, this okay, story. Okay. I'll let her tell it. Oh, we're tagging him in really this funny. podcast episode. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to call him um, Christophe, um, which is Christopher. So Christopher Robbins, your dad just went, no. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I agree with that one. No, thank you. But you, the, the, she could have gotten him a little Pooh Bear. And it would have yes. been perfect. He probably yeah. had a Pooh Bear. He probably, he probably didn't, yeah. Right. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> okay. So, all right, now, let me ask you this question. Do you do you believe the process might have been, was easier for you since you were a military spouse than it would have been otherwise? Or did you still have to kind of go through the same process as far as you're aware? Now, being military, it, it took less time. Okay. Yeah, they, they shortened the time. Um, uh, but then I have to take the test, which mm. it makes me, that's a little political thing, but right now it makes me kind of, I, I'm not angry, but I'm, it's, it's not fair for, 
everybody coming into this country and not being given, you know, I'm American and we don't have to pass the test and everything. I did it the right way. I mean, I waited three years and and I did it the right way. I learned, uh, my English was not that good. So I had to learn more English. I, <laughs> I watched, um, what's the same my name? You watched the all the important American movies. You watched Sesame, Sesame Street. Sesame Street. Yeah, I was watching funny. Sesame Street, and oh, and I thought you were going to say. I thought you were going to say you had to watch like Top Gun and movies <laughs> like that. Oh no, well, that, she did watch that, a, that, that was for later. enjoyment, though, <laughs> not for the English. <laughs> oh wow! Uh, yeah, and then you know, learning some history because this was becoming my country, mm. and how the government was working, and yeah. And then one thing that was funny was when they, when they, um, they give you your uh, nationality, your American nationality, um, uh, they uh, call the country and they call your name. So they start with A, B, C, D, and, and then they pass F. And I didn't hear my name, so I started to worry because I could not understand. But they came to M, Morocco. And be, oh. Oh. because I was born Morocco, yeah, so that was weird because I'm not Moroccan. I'm I'm French. So but it was. You but your birth certificate said Morocco. Yeah, okay, yeah. I so see the was, confusion there. Yeah. So that was that was I, I, I was sweating bullets at one point. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I I don't really think it's also very necessarily productive to talk about the actual legal immigration process now because I'm sure it's changed mm -hmm. uh, since the time you were in. But uh, okay. So now you're an American citizen and uh, you've moved back to uh, sunny San Diego and you're in SoCal. Um, what would you say was the hardest part of of adapting to and, and uh, integrating into American society? What was hardest part for you for that? Um, well, the language was... Um, the language was, was a barrier. Um, Stupid English. <laughs> it's not easy. Um, but I, between Sesame Street, the TV, and <laughs> my friends, and, um, I, and reading, I, I love to read. So I, I, I'm, by reading a lot, I, uh, I became better. And, um, um, and I like grammar, and I like... And, I think my English is better than my French now. So, so that was the, the at the beginning. The language was a barrier. Um, also, um, Ameri American culture is different than French culture, <laughs> and um, it's I had to adapt to that. Um, there is still something I. I'd rather be eating French than American. That's so definitely. Can you give us an example <laughs> of what you mean by that? Oh. Uh, eating French? Mm -hmm. Yes. What does that mean to like, eat French? What does French? that mean? I um, mean, yeah, seriously, because Iron Chef has been off the air for a while. Mm. Well, basically, I mean, if we want to talk about the basic, you eat the Mediterranean diet. It's a lot of garlic, onions, tomatoes, and sauce, and pasta, and it, it's not. And then you cannot forget the escargot. You cannot forget. Frog legs and pate and saucisson and cheese and okay. We have escargot in our freezer right now that she bought. Not kidding. We are free. I guarantee you, the entire time we've been married, there has not once been escargot in the freezer. 
She comes for a visit. It's in there within days. But we did eat it on our cruise, and it oh, was yeah. pretty good. No, we like escargot. We just wouldn't buy it and bring it in. I wouldn't choose to buy it though. Well, yeah, because but I would choose to buy pate. Pate is really oh, good. Pate is good. See? I know you're not. You don't really like it. Oh, uh, it's okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I I like a lot Obviously of the the cheese. aspects of of, uh, of French cooking. I just think that you know you went from that to fat because that's kind of how oh. Americans are. Well, French food is fattening too. It's just a different kind of fattening. It's a, but it's a good fat. It's like the oily. Right, and the butter. the portions yeah. are smaller, correct? Yeah. Yes. Oh, and they tend to walk more. Walk That's more. That's a big thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, of course, the chocolate. Hershey is not chocolate. Wait, what is Hershey? Okay. Hershey. Hershey's. <laughs> it's plastic. All I can say is it's the. Best plastic chocolate I've ever had. This stuff's awesome. I love it, especially on a s'more. I want Hershey plastic chocolate on mm. my s'mores and nothing mm. else. Mm-mm. No, no. She's like, she's like cringing, y'all. <laughs> she's cringing. That's all right. You send, you send her uh, Toblerone and the real kind of chocolates out there, and she'll be very happy. That's right. Toblerone for you people. I try to do the French accent. It's for just, the American I don't know. people, yeah, no, Toblerone, Toblerone, uh, Toblerone uh, Belgium, Swiss. French. That's the best. Actually, I really missed my my croissant and pain au chocolat when mm. when uh, during those years because that's my that's my breakfast. And over over here, you don't. At that time, you Wait, know. they really was... well. They really try, especially nowadays with the croissant. They try, but I know it's not the same. It's not the same. The bread. Is Can not you the explain? Same I don't even think David knows what that is. No, I I, I got the the. the croissant part no, but what part. came after that i missed that part pain au chocolat. it's a chocolate croissant it's like a square though right yeah. uh-huh. so it's like a square of bread you would really like this actually mm-hmm. and then like inside it's like a piece of chocolate yep and usually it's melted mm-hmm. or toasted or mm-hmm. however mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and so when you bite into it it's like chocolate so this is like what starbucks tries to do that's what i just said yeah like with a croissant but it's just not the same i actually think the square tasted better Mm -hmm. (laughs) as weird Mm -hmm. as that well yeah it's a square of chocolate so it's more evenly proportioned than like the weird little veins of chocolate running down the starbucks (laughs) and i don't think it's urshies either no i don't think it's urshies either i think it's real chocolate <laughs> oh wow! Uh, yeah, okay, so food and language were were really the two hardest adaptability points for it, you. Yeah, and then of course missing my family because that was, I mean, it, it was far. Missing my family uh, in France. So, but I was busy even with the kids and everything. So. so with missing your family and being so far, what were some things that you did to try to continue connecting with them and keeping in touch with them while you were so far away? Calling and, and yeah, mainly calling. We used to call on a regular basis. Because there wasn't any FaceTime back then, right? No, no. Or any, <laughs> any no, other way. No, it was really. letters. And, yeah. and yeah. very, very expensive phone calls. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We had to keep it short. It's really great that you were able to keep communicating with them over phone calls and stuff like that. But as a quality time person, I know that phone calls are not enough. And mm-hmm. I personally prefer being in person with people, mm-hmm. as you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with them being so far away, were you ever able to make that trip out mm-hmm. to France to see your family or were they ever able to come visit you 
given, you know, the distance, the financial situations, just like all those different barriers? Um, yeah, no. Um, the financial situation, uh, I couldn't make it to France. So, but my, um, my, uh, my mom, uh, my mom and my dad was separated at that time. So my mom came to spend some time with me from Africa. And then uh, my dad um, came to visit. Mm. So, um, so that, that was good. It was, uh, it kept me going for a few years. Okay. Wow, for a few years. Yeah. Wow. It's a really good visit right <laughs> there. Yeah. Yeah, because we stayed long. My mom stayed over a month. My dad stayed about two, two weeks, two and a half weeks, I think. Yeah. Which makes sense when you're traveling that mm -hmm. far to stay longer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you're going to stay longer here, right? <laughs> <laughs> I wish. <laughs> yeah, no one, no one told Dave he's going to be listening to this podcast. I wondered where she went. <laughs> Dave is her husband, by the way, just for people who don't know. Yes, for future reference, way. within the family, Hello, I am you. David, and that is Dave. <laughs> Uh, just so there's no no confusion. So, all right. So you, you're able to keep in in, in contact with family. So, mm -hmm. well, now let's talk about how you really did integrate. What were the things that got you to integrate the the best, I guess, into America? So, for example, uh, maybe this is a good time to talk about your faith because, as we've talked about it before, it's I think that's really a huge part of what built you into this. So. And you have a very interesting spiritual background. Uh, so, um, you know, t maybe tell us just a, a, a little bit about your experience with God and take us through a little bit of your, your spiritual journey and how that led you into integrating into America. Okay, well, as a French, I was raised Catholic. Um, but uh, even with my dad's uh, um, work, we kept moving every two years or three years. I felt, felt like a, a military brat. But um, so every time with uh, anybody that knows Catholic, I had to start my uh, my uh, catechism, catechism over and over again. So at one point, my mom got so tired, she... she uh, um, she threw a priest out of the house <laughs> and she, she told him, that's it. She's not doing it again because I, I was redoing it three, four times. Anyway, so that that, um, that was interesting. Then we when I went to Africa, uh, to Mali, um, my mom's restaurant uh, and I was living, I was living with her. The house was um, uh, part of a restaurant. And um, my window was given uh, into a court, a courtyard. And that courtyard was a um, um, mission, an American mission. Um, and I'm pretty sure it was a Baptist. Hmm. So every Sunday I would wake up to the songs, uh, uh, which thinking, I mean, at that time I didn't think any you know, any, anything about it, anything of it. But now, thinking about it, God was already guiding me. Um, <clears throat> then uh, I went to Canada, okay, nothing. And then when I came, uh, when I came to uh, America, um, at Cherry Point, I met two, uh, two families. Um, I became friend with uh, two families, military families. 
and they were a born-again Christian. And uh, of course, they tried to um, take me to Bible studies, and, and at that time, I was not interested. Um, then when we went to uh, Japan, Okinawa, um, uh, things in in my um, uh, in my relationship with my husband started to deteriorate, um, and uh, uh, I needed something. I needed something more. And guess who knocked at my door? Jehovah Witnesses. Um, so uh, I I started studying with them, and uh, so I became a Jehovah Witness for for a while. Um, uh, until um, um, <laughs> until the leader that was uh, guiding me uh, threw my Bible across the across the living room against the wall, telling me that because I bought a Bible by myself because I wanted to read more about God, and that he didn't really like it, so he told me that Bible was of a devil, and uh, basically I had to stay with the Watchtower Society, and then made me cringe because I don't think God was walking that way. Um, and uh, um, out of the blue, I have uh, the two ladies that I knew from Cherry Point. Um, they came back into my life. They were um, um, uh, staying on in Okinawa too. They were based there. And they started um, taking me to to their Bible studies. So and since my uh, my situation was not very good uh, with my husband, I started going to Bible studies with them. And they took me to eventually to the church because I wanted to hear more. Um, um, Maranatha Baptist Church in Okinawa with Pastor Gibson, and I got saved, gloriously saved. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. <laughs> um, and um, so when I came when when I came back to America, I um, um, I looked for uh, I didn't want to drop that. Uh, by the way, I studied uh, in Okinawa. I studied through paces. I studied the Bible, and I did uh, for yeah. Very and uh, they had certain steps to follow, and mm. I did I did all of them. I was studying. I was so hungry. For the word of God, that I was, Nikki was little. I remember she was in a high chair, and I was reading the paces and filling out those um, as fast as I could. <laughs> it was, it was great. So when I came back to America in San Diego, I did the, um, um, the walking the yellow pages to find a church. I looked for a... Wait, I have to stop you right there. Can you explain for some of our listeners what yellow pages are? Because <laughs> I think that nowadays people probably don't know, right? Well, they were not blue. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow. Yellow pages is basically the equivalent of Google, Google, I guess, now. I mean... Yeah, okay, do so... Do you know what they are? <laughs> All right, y'all. You ready for this? The yellow pages, kids, was Google in a book and the white pages in the book were looking up people and the yellow pages were looking up businesses, businesses. and this book had many uses like besides that like a, a doorstop and booster chair 
uh, lots of good. Oh yeah, people use it to sit higher. I I know people that that would use them so they could sit up higher in their car. Oh wait, (laughs) (laughs) apparently there's some family experience with this. Okay. All right, so you you look through the the yellow pages until you found a church. Yes. Yeah. That's where I went, and I stayed there. Okay. Now recently. Now I just wanted to ask. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, that's that's next episode where we'll kind of get into that a little bit. Um, but uh, so you were able to get in with this uh, this church family. Did your whole immediate actual family go to this church? <laughs> no. Uh, no, I was the one going with the kids. Uh, my husband at that time was not saved. Um, so I was going on Sunday morning. Sunday night, and I didn't go during the week um, until uh, Pastor was uh, he was telling us, you know, you can you can get a, a booster if you come in the middle of the week. So I started going in the middle of the week. It was very interesting because uh, this brings some memories to me. Mm. I was living in El Cajon, the church being in. Uh, um, it, San Diego, but the, it's not Lemon, La Mesa, the border, whatever. But I remember driving the car one Sunday, and I didn't. I had the two kids with me, and I didn't have any. I didn't have any money. And when I mean no money, that means I didn't have a hundred dollars in the bank. I had zero. And um, so I didn't know how to come back because I, I, I needed gas too. But um, by faith, I really felt that God was telling me, just go. So I went. Hmm. And um, during the altar, um, uh, we were praying, and then someone um, uh, gave me a $20 bill. Wow. Yeah. Like, did it send you the cash, or was it an envelope? Or No, just give me... $20 did you see who it yeah, was or did they just kind of like drop it over your shoulder like after that I, I know it was, it was mary ah so so i put the gas and then i went back home wow that's so that awesome. built my faith <laughs> uh, yeah um and it's not the it wasn't the first time uh sometimes when uh, over over the years uh, I need, uh, you know, something like um, 322 and 322 in the mail would come. Wow. So, build my faith. Absolutely. That's amazing. Now, speaking of building faith, now I must know this because uh, I, I just, I want to, and I'm, I'm being nosy like this. How was Nikki adapting to all of this wow. uh, faith journey <laughs> um, from your point of view? Because she was still very young, yes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I, I would ask you, um, but I don't know that you're old enough to remember. You were about three really. at that time. Three, four, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. No, you were about three. Yeah. Um, the kids were doing great because um, as a mom, uh, I was trying to, uh, to just... Kids at that age don't need a lot. And if you know they're loved, then they're fine. So I would take them out to the park. I would take them. Um, of course, Dean Paul was going to, to school at that time, too. Um, we were doing things together. And being with a church, we had um, 
um, things going mm. on at the church for the kids, and uh, so we would go, we would follow them. So they, they were busy. We, we were busy. Mm. Okay, yeah. Oh, always important to stay busy as long as there's a good balance. And I know from talking to Nikki, you all did have a good balance uh, at that time. Now, uh, were you still with your first husband at this point or uh, not? Uh, off and on. Um, off and on. He would show up and then sometime I wouldn't see him for weeks. Um, leaving on base and then come back and... Um, I mean, the thing deteriorated pretty much until I yeah. put his stuff out. And... Yeah. Uh, that actually leads to an interesting question. So there are a lot of people who gain their uh, citizenship through military marriages, um, which, as you said, in some ways made it easier. I think the military mm -hmm. t will mm -hmm. try to do that for its own. Um, so in that respect, when you were no longer married to a Marine, what was that transition like as far as the support system and how did that go? Oh, that's interesting. Um, not um, military at that point, because of the kids, I still could go to the PX and the commissary, which I did. Um, um, and uh, But I transitioned... Um, I was helped also, and that was a that was a big help to transition. I was helped by the uh, the French community. Um, San Diego mm -hmm. has a French Chamber of Commerce, or I, I don't know the name. Consulate? Uh, no, it was well. It might be part of a consulate, but it, it's a it's a community to help the French mm. um, overseas, mm. and um, uh, they helped me. They. They gave me, uh, they knew my situation, and uh, they gave me sheets. They gave me um, um, clothes for the kids. Um, so that, that was a big help. Oh. Um, and I stayed in contact with them for a long time. Uh, they wanted to know how the kids were doing and, you know, things like this. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I would, go, I would go down to PX and commissary. So it was, it was cheaper until I didn't get my... Um, uh, my renewal with uh, my ID card because we 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 did get a divorce, um, and I could go because of the kids, but by then it was too far to go, and um, no, I I decided to make the clear cut and just go on my own. Mm -hmm. Now, were you ever at any point seriously thinking about maybe going back to France? I mean, you had family back there. Was that ever an option? Mm, yes, my family knew what happened and they wanted me to go back to France. Um, so um, I, uh, I was, uh, it was a big decision to make because yes, I would have had the support of my family. I would have been helped by the French government. But at that time, um, uh my uh, my church, my pastor asked me uh, about, okay, all this is good, but do you have any um, spiritual help? And I knew I, I wouldn't. No. So that helped me make the decision, and I decided, well, God, God brought me here for a reason, and I'm going to stay, I'm going to stay here. Hmm. And that's when uh, I started working, um, 
and then uh, so I had different jobs and uh, at one point I stopped my job because it was uh, I was working to pay for the babysitting so that, that was not working for me so I decided to get a license to become a, a daycare center a teddy bear daycare center <laughs> oh, that's cute. <laughs> and uh, I was making uh, not a lot of money, but I was making more money than paying for the babysitter, obviously. So that helped me. And then um, I decided to, after a while, I decided to go to college to get a degree. Okay. What degree did you end up getting? Well, I wanted to get, I wanted to be a teacher. I always wanted to be a teacher. <laughs> Even when I was a little kid. I had all my dolls and my bears <laughs> lined up, and I would teach them. Okay, now, now hold on a minute. We're going to deviate <laughs> from the story for a minute. I think I remember hearing some story, and I don't know if this was made up by the family, about Nikki, like, preaching to all of her dolls what? and bears. <laughs> no, that was preaching from the back of a station wagon. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Get it right. Uh, oh, so yeah. it wasn't bears. You were actually preaching to people. There were no people. people. Well, in a gas station. It was pretend people, I think. Yeah, but you still had people. They heard you. <laughs> you were yelling. <laughs> she was yelling the gospel left and right, and I mean, it was great. Woman preacher, <laughs> you know. Oh yeah, better than Steve. Well, I write your notes, so. Oh, they're so exquisite. I Thank know, you. Right? Thank you. Yes, yes. <laughs> All right. So you decided to stay for the support, for the spiritual support. Mm -hmm. How did that spiritual support system work for you? How did it support you in this particular time of loss of stability and loss of, of income? Even though you're getting help from from this French group. How did your, your faith community help you? Very much. Um, I was, well, working and then going to church. I had um, a good support by a, a lot of friends at the church. Um, and then um, uh, because of my situation with my divorce and all this, and then a single mom, it was, it was, it was hard. Uh, but I had um, counseling with uh, my pastor every Sunday. Um, and he would show me what to read and uh, he, would, he would guide me. And uh, that, that, that um, you know, that helped me. That helped me a lot. Hmm. So I really like that, that you had that, that amount of support. I mean, you, this is the kind of stuff that I think that people want to hear about coming to America is that the community would embrace them. Mm -hmm. um, and I really believe that they did that for you. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you this question. At what point did you think of yourself more as an American than you did as a former French citizen? Which, What was the real turning point for you? Hmm. That's an interesting question. Or um, do you still feel like, <laughs> like you're more... Man. <laughs> no, I dream in English, and I get no. I'm American, uh, but it's an, an interesting question because being French, I'm always French. Mm -hmm. um, France recognized me as a naturalized American, mm. but when I go to France, I'm still French. Mm. Uh, here, no, I'm American, so I lost my uh, my my French citizenship, um, but. Um, all that time, because I was, well, I can always go back to France. Oh, I can stay. 
I can always go, if it gets harder, I can always go back to France. I can, the minute I made the decision of staying, so mm. it was around that time. Mm. When I made the decision, this, blah, blah. when I made the decision <laughs> of staying, I, I became, my, my family is here and I became, this is my soil. Um, I still cry for the French flag, like I cry for the American flag. So I, I'm, I'm really both. Yeah. Um, mm. So, but it was when you made that decision, it sounds yeah. like. Yeah. I made the decision of cool. staying, staying here. I mean, so because I made the decision of staying here, I said, I'm going to make, I'm going to make the best of it. I'm going to become an American, period. Hmm. Yeah. And it was for the kids. Uh, mainly, uh, uh, if, if I think about it, it was not so much for me. I really don't, it doesn't matter to me. But because the kids were American, I wanted to be American with them. Gosh, what, you deprived Nikki of croissant de chocolat. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't speak French. <laughs> Chocolate <laughs> croissants. No, she, <laughs> ate, she ate le pain au chocolat. And, le and the Danish thing. We were talking yeah. about that the other day. So my favorite thing, because I'm not a huge chocolate person, is yeah. the Danish. Remember I told you about this? Oh, it's you like, did. It cream has cheese. like cream cheese in the middle. Yeah. And I really like cheese. So that was kind of my thing. But... Could there be anything more French than like flaky bread and cheese? I mean, there it is. There, there it is right there. <laughs> well, I, I tell you, when she talks about how she cries for the American flag, we actually just had a, a really cool thing happening. And uh, y'all are going to hear about our Charleston trip soon because Nikki and I just took one, as we alluded to in uh, our last podcast. And... Uh, when we went out to Charleston, we decided we wanted to do at least one tour. And we had several options that we could choose from. And one of them was to go out to Fort Sumter. And so we literally booked the last cruise of the day to go out there. Because, you know, it's an island. For those of you who didn't, I didn't know it was an island. And I'm a history buff. So there you go. Uh, it's an island. You got to get out to this. And uh, when we got out there, they they told us before we got off the ferry that because it was the last one of the day that we would be able to help participate in taking down uh, the American flag. Again, not tearing it down, but respectfully taking it and being part of the folding process. And they said that they would like to have volunteers uh, do uh, be part of this. And I, I went down there and, and you went down there. Mm -hmm. uh, and Nikki was able to to watch this. She recorded it. We'll post this later on the Love Faith Tacos Facebook page. So before I ask you this, Nikki, what, what was it like for you watching your mom in that moment? What was going through your head? Well, when I was finally able to see, because people kept stepping in. <laughs> Get out of the way! Um, it was really cool because I think I saw you crying or like tearing up and it was like, I can tell that you feel like you're an American, like you are an American, like this is your country. Um, and it was just a very special moment for you. And I'm glad I got to record it, <laughs> even though I didn't get to touch the flag. Or I know. Whatever, I, I, I know. <laughs> so yeah, but what, what did you think about that moment? Uh, it was very emotional. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, that we were hugging each other and, and uh, she was crying afterward. And it was kind of hard not to cry, too. At least it was for me. I'm not going to speak for Nikki. 
about how easy or hard it was not to cry. But for me, it was kind of hard not to uh, uh, empathize with that. But it's powerful. And uh, I'll tell you what, this lady is definitely a patriotic American. She loves this country. And uh, like you heard her and she's like, no, I'm an American. You know, like we, well, we'll kind of tease her, you know, I'll say, so, oh, she's French. She's like, excuse me, I'm American. <laughs> so she'll, she'll do that all the time. Um, are there any other, uh, is there anything else that you would want to say? Maybe if, if, if someone was out there and they were thinking about, hey, you know, maybe I should be considering coming to America. What advice could you give someone about whether to do it or not? And uh, maybe anything to make things easier besides find an American service member and marry him. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I love I love France uh, because in my heart I'm 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 still French, but America is the greatest country in the world, and anybody um, wanting to come to this country, I uh, I would. I would suggest study about it first. Study the history, study, learn the language, um, and and uh, integrate. Hey, don't don't be. I mean, I understand culture. Trust me, I, I I like my culture. I still cook French at my home. Yes, you do. Um, uh, and in um, my home, when you're here. <laughs> yes. Um, so I do a lot of French things. Um, so I'm not saying to to. To drop your culture but what I'm saying is be uh, integrate yourself into the American culture um, uh, you know make friends and go out and just don't stay in just in your community um, and doing what you've been doing for you know since birth um, because just become an American this is a great country <laughs> uh, that's it <laughs> Well, that's awesome. Uh, we really appreciate you taking the time to uh, do this and share these stories with you. Um, I just think uh, whenever we get the opportunity to hear from our parents and their stories that it's important to hear. And you have a very, very remarkable story. And I'm just saying I, I clearly have an ulterior motive. I'm glad you came to America. Babe, <laughs> uh, I'm, you I'm, see that, right? <laughs> I'm glad you came to America, but but thank you for uh, thank you for sharing that with us. You're welcome. And uh, pleasure. It was it was great. So uh, again, if you guys have any questions ab about any of this, then you can feel free to give us a, an email at lovefatetacos at gmail.com. That's lovefatetacos at gmail.com. You're also going to hear from her next week as uh, we're going to go into what has been one of our themes on this podcast, which is about church hurt and church healing. And uh, just kind of walk through that that process with her a little bit. And I hope it's been a blessing to you. If it has, make sure you reach out and tell us, and we'll pass on to her how much you liked it. Again, at lovefaithtacos at gmail.com. And since you're here and you speak French, I think she should say goodbye oh. like tell everyone how to mm -hmm. say goodbye in french yes since we're saying goodbye how would you say goodbye um bonne semaine et au revoir wait there's two okay i just said have a good week i was like goodbye. Wow, was <laughs> all right sounds good uh, yeah I, i'm not gonna try to wait, say all say that it one more time, say it one yes more time. take us out with this <laughs> bonne semaine et au revoir au revoir bonne semaine bonne semaine au revoir. et au revoir au revoir, au revoir everybody au revoir. Thank you for joining us on Love, Faith, Tacos. We hope this has been a blessing to you. If it was, we ask that you do three things. 
Number one, please subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Number two, please leave us a five-star rating and write a review if you can. And number three, please tell a friend because hope is just too important not to share.